0: Welcome to the Captivating Leadership Podcast with Rebecca Livesey, where we explore the rise of feminine energy in life, leadership and business. This podcast is for you if you are a leader in business and corporate, and you're struggling to find meaning in what you do and how you engage your team. So join us as we talk all things leadership, strategy and culture, and how we value both the feminine and the masculine in men, women and society at large to make a difference in our workplaces. This podcast is very special to me. It's with Wendy Daly, who is the CEO of iSanctuary. And iSanctuary is the not-for-profit social enterprise that I support through Achieve, Lead, Succeed. A few years back when I set my business up, I really wanted to support a not-for-profit and I wanted to support one that was really aligned with my values. And obviously, I truly value feminine energy and was looking for a not-for-profit that worked in that area. And I thought. Where does feminine energy get completely and utterly denigrated? And to me, it's it's human trafficking. And so I wanted to help support a not-for-profit in this area. And I came across iSanctuary. So I started just by donating. And then like a year or so in, Wendy emailed me and said, "Who you know, I'd love to chat to you because how did this small business in Australia find us in the States and decide to support us? So we had an amazing Skype session with a real meeting of minds. This lady is such an inspiration and such an amazing soul. And since then, we've been catching up regularly. And I even got to visit them when I was over there last August. I helped them with a bit of leadership coaching and development as they need it. But really, this is their story. This is about how they set up these sanctuaries in the human trafficking hotspots to help rehabilitate women and girls and then also help them build little businesses through making jewellery. And the economic empowerment of the community is absolutely critical to the success and the help and support that these ladies need. And so I Sanctuary then take this jewellery and they sell it online and they also sell it in the States. So this is a wonderful, wonderful conversation about the power of business to transform lives. And I hope you enjoy it as much as I did having it. Well, Wendy, welcome to the Captivating Leadership Podcast. It's um, it's absolutely fabulous to have you here. As you know, I love the work that you guys do, and it's just my honour to have you chat to us. So, thank you for being part of it. Thank you.
1: It's
0: such an honour to be part of it. Really. And it's um, why don't you just tell us a bit about your organisation and how you got into what you do because it's so purpose led, which is what I love. So, yeah, talk talk to us about that.
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, it was um, back in 2005 when I had left the classroom. I was teaching an educator and uh, went to Phnom Penh, Cambodia, and just uh, saw that girls were being sold for uh, sexual exploitation and young girls. And I was uh, just appalled and horrified at what I was seeing. Uh, at the time, there was not The awareness around human trafficking that there is today. There wasn't even really the term for the issue that I saw on a daily basis. I was just confronted, whether it was um, down by the river having a cup of tea or um, going to a restaurant, you know, just stepping through the doors and being bombarded by just girls for sale. Uh, I was really horrified. And after that year, there I came back and tried to reconcile what I had seen. And a friend of mine, Stephanie Polaro, um, had moved to India to really um, work and combat this issue that we now know is human trafficking. Through her research, she was able to identify economic empowerment as a gap to what we call reintegration, for the girls to rebuild their lives. And the rescue and residential agencies um, informed her that the the girls really need money in order to step forward and really step into true freedom. And so the social enterprise uh, was birthed and International Sanctuary was founded in 2007. And uh, Stephanie was in Mumbai, India, and I was in Southern California. And um, jewelry was something she had as a hobby and just was self-taught. And she went around to the different aftercare homes and the facilities, just teaching classes. And it was kind of a earn as we learn, um, for girls that were about the ages of 14 to 18 at the time. And, um, and she'd send the jewelry to me and I would, uh, work on selling it and distributing it through our online, um, store, as well as through events and associations and just everyone was so supportive at the time. This, uh, awareness was growing around human trafficking. And so here we are, um, a decade later, and we have four <laughs> sanctuaries globally. We're operating in uh, Tijuana, Mexico, Kampala, Uganda, Mumbai, India, and then also in uh, Southern California. And just we have the brand of purpose jewelry that is empowering girls and women around the world to rebuild their lives after they escape human the trafficking. So just really thankful to be part of the work.
0: Yeah, it's, it's amazing work. And um, as I said in the intro, I, I, connected with you guys because to me it's all about like um, where feminine energy is completely denigrated how do we help people um, get it back to a degree recover and also as you say empower so it's not just about help helping people escape it's then well what's the next steps for people and then you create beautiful jewelry from it so it's it, you know it, it, it's absolutely wonderful and what do you think because uh, you guys have grown a fair bit in the last few years and I, I've sort of been on a bit of that journey with you, but what do you think contributes to your ability to to grow and also how you set up a new sanctuary because Uganda's your most recent sanctuary isn't it so it's less okay. than a year old am I right it
1: just it just turned a year yeah, we just right. the first twelve months so yeah you know the um when we started, we didn't really know um, what success would look like, and we knew that there was a need, and we knew we were building something, and I really believed in the girls that we were helping and the women that we had yet to to empower, um, but our strategic plan and our vision to open 10 Sanctuaries globally by 2020 really was birthed out of the imitations from other nonprofit organizations, the ones that had... Um, helped with case management and residential care, they said, we need our women to have jobs. And so it's exactly how Uganda was birthed that the organization, the residential aftercare home, said, Can you please come, please employ our women because they can't have freedom without jobs. And so it was just through the collaboration, um, and collaboration is critical to our growth, critical to um every sanctuary that we open and so, yeah,
0: that's the pathway forward. Yeah. And to give people an idea, you guys don't do the actual rescues yourself. You partner with people on the ground for that. And then you help the ladies and the girls come out of that in the rehabilitation and the um, and the economic uh, prospects with, with the jewelry making. So, yeah. And it must be so interesting working in all these different cultures with all these different partners and. Yeah the collaboration thing must be massive. Like how do you how do you help your cuz you send leaders out from the states to go and work in these areas from from uh I sanctuary. So how do you help prepare them for that cuz that's a huge task I imagine.
1: It is it is a huge task. And it and even within the collaboration um we do rely heavily on nationals and so that we do have leaders in country uh whether they're identified and recommended recruited by the inviting partner. Um, but we, we ensure that we're entirely aligned with them so that we can rely heavily on their expertise and that uh, we are able to modify our efforts um, to make it culturally relevant in the location that we are. Um, you know, it's so fascinating because with this issue and human trafficking, it varies slightly from country to country, but honestly, when you meet the girls and the women, you know is the same the power of the healing is the same the community the relationships are the same Um, the need is the same i mean there's so many transferable um aspects that really make the model work um but we do look for some um as far as identifying the leaders and equipping them we do look for individuals that do have international experience there's a huge learning curve you know whether it's um Travel or former, um, philanthropic work or efforts. Um, there's definitely that component. And then whether it's social enterprise or, or, a, um, area of expertise that they may have so that they're really able to operate, um, on their, their, um, just from former experience as well as every, the learning curve that they do have in, um, in setting up this new operation. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause it would be quite confronting, I imagine, in some cases. Yeah, yes. So. I mean,
1: there's so many aspects to it that make it quite challenging and complex. In Uganda specifically, you mentioned, um, we were very fortunate to identify two leaders. Um, they happened to be expats that the former, um, excuse me, that our partner organization knew of and they had so much experience in social enterprise. And so, um, there were a lot of just, um, great, great experiences to rely on there. So yeah. We were fortunate.
0: Yeah, that's it. And I know that um, I actually had the pleasure of being able to visit you guys in the States when I was over there uh, last August, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, you gifted me one of the first necklaces that had come out of uh, Uganda, which is mm-hmm. like so. It's one of the special ones that I wear all the time now. It's just yeah, it's fabulous. And um, I think the 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 one thing I absolutely adore about the, your your organisation is this the purpose that you guys have, the mission that you guys had is so deeply embedded. Mm. And, you know, I work with a lot of businesses and they don't have that. And that's why they struggle sometimes to lead because they can't bring people together with a common purpose. And I love for you guys, it's just so embedded in everything that you do. And I get that it's it, it's it's because it's out there and it's, it's helping people. But also, how do you keep that going with people? How do you keep that going with your teams that are spread around the world, this mission and values piece?
1: Sure. It's, um, part of it is, is just the reminder. And as a nonprofit organization, um, we have to be profitable to con- to continue. And we have to be profitable in order to, uh, sustain the jobs that we offer to our women. We have to be profitable in order to, um, reach more women and open these sanctuaries. And so a lot of our time is spent on whether it's process or supply chain or, um, product development or controlling costs. Um, and so our activities may uh, sound very much, you know, if you listen in on a meeting, it may sound very much like a, any other business or a jewelry company, <laughs> but um, but to continue to remind people, you know, after a product development meeting or, or to celebrate the successes um, in the manufacturing, it's, you know, a beautiful collection of jewelry that's being launched. That Look at this. This is changing lives, right? To, to continue to point people back um, to the mission and what we're able to achieve through all of this. Um, and so, you know, we just, we centralize that, whether it's in our meetings or um, town halls um, or even in our weekly updates that just are sent out through email. We, we, those are even written and communicated within our four pillars, And so yeah. we try to integrate that um, where, wherever we can, really.
0: Yeah, so I love it because it just becomes part of the DNA of what you guys do. And that's what a lot of companies struggle with. So they don't take the time like you have to make sure that it's talked about in every meeting, whether it's in inverted commas, the boring stuff like supply chain, you yes. know, um, yeah. all the way to yeah, the leadership side of things. And um, when when you think about uh, your journey, so you, you've you sort of grown, uh, you're the CEO of iSectory and you've grown over the last 10 years. I, it must have been an interesting journey for you. Tell us a bit about your leadership journey.
1: Oh, it has been. It has been uh, such a journey, and my background is a as an educator, and um, really didn't know the first thing about business, to be honest. Um, but I think having a foundation as a teacher really gave me uh, a lot to lean on. Um, but just you know, through startup and through the social enterprise, I just when I saw the power behind it and the power that business has to transform lives, I can't learn enough. I'm just like, you know, trying to read every book and, um, just learn from other entrepreneurs and other leaders. Um, and so about five years in, which sounds like a long time for startup, but for a survivor of human trafficking, you know, that healing process is, um, is a lifetime. And so five years is relatively short. Uh, but once we identified that this was really a model that was scalable, we just had a lot of business mentors speak into it. And from that, I just, um, you know, we began growing the team and I, I began identifying that really that the need to grow as a leader. And so just was able to, um, get a wonderful mentor, Susan Cram and, um, who serves on our board now, that just was able to become my leadership coach and really just taught me so much about leadership and, um, and just how essential it is to grow an organization and, and a healthy one at that. So um, it's, <laughs> it's a journey and <laughs> it continues, right? Yes, always, uh, yes. But, but, it, but it's exciting and it's always new and always yeah.
0: fresh. What so, would what you think your biggest learning has been over the last five years since the business has taken off like that?
1: That there's always more to
0: learn and know. <laughs> yeah. um, there's always more. Yeah. And and uh, having that mindset also means we're really open to the, what can come. So we yeah. never stop with that fix. Like, I know everything now. I've got that certainty. It's always like, what else can I do? How awesome. else can I grow? Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. Right. yeah. And, I think- and knowing that there, there isn't an end
1: to it. There is not an end to the mm. journey, right? To the growth and growth. Uh,
0: yeah. So what would be some of your leadership challenges? We've talked a little about this, but I look at the organization and think, wow, you're dealing with remote teams in potentially challenging situations. And I mean, even when we talk and we think, how do we get a time slot to try and get everybody all on one call? And <laughs> I think there's like a half hour in the day where everybody could actually have a reasonable time together.
1: I would say the number one and the biggest one is just communication. Mm. And part of that is because um, I'm not going to blame it entirely on um, cultures or translations or definition of terms because we even see in our North America operation, um, <laughs> even in a meeting where everyone speaks the same language, your definition of that term may be very, very different. Um, so just ensuring that even that communication that um, that is effective, that you're that you're ensuring that you're understanding and you're on the same uh agreement with um whatever you're collaborating on. And yeah. so um that's yeah, that's a big one, especially when um I mean you can bring time frames into it, you can bring um projects, initiatives into it as far as um the rate that things are moving and ensuring that people are informed and communicating on the um you know at the same rate and pace. Um it's a real challenge.
0: Mm. Yeah. And I imagine that magnifies when you're working with people in different cultures and across different time zones and things like that. It, it does. It is. Yes. So this this problem that you're solving in the world, it's, it's one of these huge problems of humanity at the minute, I think. It's probably always been there, but maybe there's a light that's on it now. How do you and your team, how do you keep from that? Uh, That overwhelm or the hopelessness that could come from, like, we are never going to be able to solve this completely. How do you guys manage that? I I imagine that's tough.
1: It is. It is. Um, And a couple things come to mind. First, uh, when a new supporter or volunteer comes uh, along to join our organization, I tell them um, that now that they know about the cause, they don't need to read every last book or watch every last documentary because it does become incredibly uh, overwhelming. And it's tragic to hear another, another story. It's, okay, now that we know, we're doing something about it, because mm-hmm. it's just too dark. Um, the second thing is really knowing that we're not the only ones. We're not the only ones working on behalf of this cause. We are one piece. And the anti-trafficking efforts globally, um, it's a relatively small, um, or I should say it's a, a very unified community. Um, and so that's a positive thing. I have a, a colleague in Mexico that, you know, we say in our lifetime. And that's it. That's how we close it, right? In our lifetime. It's eradication in our lifetime. And just knowing that they have their efforts. We have our efforts. Everyone's coming together. Um, you know, just we're each uniquely made for a purpose and we're here to contribute that purpose. And so to be able to know that, that you're working um on that but it's not our responsibility to to do it all no one organization can it's mm-hmm. too big um but if each person does their portion for that day um that will lead to um
0: eradication so what are some of the differences you see with the girls that you rescue because you you I'm sure that you've kept in contact with some of the early earlier cohorts that came through what sort of changes do you see in their lives after they've worked with you guys
1: you know, there there are a lot of differences and it does vary um, from country to country and um I do want to focus on the successes, but the challenges are really um they're thankfully they're few and far between. Um but we are only able to empower those that are really ready to empower themselves. And so, you know, when you talk about the challenges, uh, you know, we have had even um one of our women in Southern California that you know was not a successful outcome, and she continues on in her journey. And our um, unfortunately, she um, just fell into a really um, unhealthy relationship that drew her uh, back in, and mm-hmm. didn't have the coping skills or the um, she just wasn't uh, far enough in her healing to be able to make those right choices that were going to benefit her in her life. Um, and our doors are open constantly and, um, you know, at one point she did come back to us and we were just all so thrilled, um, that it was, you know, she knew we were available for help, but, uh um, she really wasn't able, um, to step forward in the help in the way that she, she needed it. Um, it would have required the law enforcement to get involved and she wasn't uh, ready to make that choice. So, I mean, for us, it's freedom. Mm-hmm. And that means, uh, the hard part is, is, um, letting them make choices, um, and have the freedom to make those choices, even when they're not best for themselves. Fortunately, we do not, um, we don't have, that's, that's a rarity. It's not the norm. Mm-hmm. And that we are able to, for the women that aren't in the community and, and remain in the community, um, we Are able to walk with them through their choices and support them in those. And most of the decisions aren't as healthy or detrimental as one of like that, where you know they're entered into a real you know, damaging relationship, um, mm-hmm. where they're re exploited. Um, but it does, it does happen, um, occasionally, very, very rarely. Um, but the successes, I mean, we are so thrilled with, uh, you know, in India, um, just one of our. Girls. Our women is in her third year of law school. Wow. So, Other one is our assistant uh, production manager, and she's on her way to becoming the production manager. You know, she just is. Uh, I'm mean, just seeing how far she's grown and come along. You know, here she is, this um, working mom with a young child, and you know, going to school at nights, and um, and then even in our Southern California sanctuary, just um, with women that have graduated and gone through the program, and you know their driver's license and purchased a car and shop the sanctuary support center and i'm like well, i should get that car yeah. and, and pursuing their education or uh, ones that want to become social workers and um, it's just it's really really exciting yeah.
0: yeah yeah it's wonderful that you're helping them just see this potential or this um like optimism in life or you know the choices that are actually out there so one of the key things that you hold true that you it's like it's a belief that you have and you hold it true in everything that you do is that we're unequivocally beautifully made as human beings and you hold that when you're working with yourself working with your teens, and with the girls so do you want to tell us more about that
1: absolutely yeah I think it's true for Every girl and woman we work with, absolutely, that she is uniquely and beautifully made and um, not to compare themselves, right? Not to compare themselves through their healing journey or um, what characteristics or, uh, you know, maybe, one, you, you know, our production assistant production manager, right? She's very structured, very organized. But, you know, for our um, other young woman who's on our product development team, who's helping to redesign and craft and creative, I mean, those are contrasting um skill sets and we need all of them and so from the young women and girls that we empower to our volunteers to our supporters to um to our staff team leadership everyone everyone comes to the table with different and unique gifts that are so beautiful and desperately needed and if we were all the same we wouldn't be able to accomplish what um, we wouldn't be able to accomplish our mission mm. so uh, being really um strong in in who we are created to be and just true to ourselves in that we um, allow that to play out on a daily basis that we're not trying to become someone else.
0: Mm. The other bit of that that I love is that we are not telling people that they are broken and need fixing. Right. We're we're saying, yes, there might have been stuff that's happened to you and it's horrible, horrible situation, but you're not broken. It's how do we empower what is in you so that you can shine in a, in a, in a way that works for you? Cause I, I hate the rhetoric out there about, um, people need fixing. I don't think people need fixing. I think we just need to shine a light on areas that maybe we haven't seen in ourselves.
1: That's right. That's right. And our, our mission is that, that survivors would, girls and women would embrace their true identity in work and the identity piece and the label of, I'm broken. I need fixing. I'm a victim. No, like you, just said, this was one incident in your whole lifespan, one incident that happened to you and it's unfortunate and there's um, some damaging effects that, it, that we need to heal from, but it's, it's, some, it's, it's not your identity, it's not who you were meant to be, it's not your purpose and just being able for them to step forward into their freedom, into who they were meant to be and just embrace that and embrace mm-hmm. the future within it.
0: Yeah, and then I think the other amazing thing that you do is that you build community around these sanctuaries and you build community around what you do. So tell us about that, because that bit is very special, this working towards the collective together.
1: That's right. It, community is, um, is one of our pillars and the foundational, uh, one of probably the most powerful pillars. And so we have our four. It's income, education, health, and community. But community is really the one that integrates them all. And so when we start with one of our women with an invitation to a job to have to earn an income, it's very non-threatening for someone who has been highly traumatized, uh, betrayed by everyone she knows, maybe family members, neighbors, um, and just horribly abused to, to invite them to earn an income through a, a safe job um, is an easy invitation to accept whereas if you say come, you know, <laughs> Heal in this safe, loving workplace and come get to know these girls and women. It's it's gonna be great fun. She's <laughs> not gonna accept that invitation so quickly. Yeah. But over time there there is incredible uh learning and healing that takes place through those relationships and through the community. Um that it's just something that is so beautiful that takes place and transforms and um and we couldn't do our work without it.
0: Mm. Yeah. I think that's beautiful because uh, I talk about feminine energy in leadership and the collective, that the importance of the collective and working towards the collective is a key component of that. And I truly believe that more businesses could do it better mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. get great results and make an impact that's wider than just them. Right. Um, if you were looking at businesses, so not, not for profits, and you're looking at businesses, what, what do you think they could learn from an organization like yours, what do you think some of the lessons that an organization like yours could take to uh, normal profit businesses?
1: I would just bring it back to purpose,
0: mm.
1: right? And, and what is your purpose? And I, I think um, for each and every team member within that organization um, to understand what that is and for them to know that that's worthwhile. That's worth spending your time. That's worth, um, if, if your entire organization and company is, is focused on that and everyone agrees that that's worth spending time on, the, the quality of work will be, is going to be incredible. <laughs> Everyone's going to be incredibly motivated. So, um, yeah, yeah, I would just say a, a purpose that's worth living for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And what's next for you?
1: Oh goodness! Um, <laughs> uh, we have an exciting next uh, couple of years for us as we finish out our 2020 vision, and so we have invitations uh, from multiple countries still that are waiting for us to come, and so we're actively working on fundraising toward those and um, just reaching those women that are waiting in the Philippines. Um, even more women in Uganda, um, other areas in, in India, and then also um, in the United States. So, and Cambodia, Thailand, <laughs> <laughs> it is endless. So, um, we have identified uh, potential partners that we will be collaborating with and just ensuring that um, we are able to empower girls and women. So, it's really about the growth of the brand mm-hmm. and being, grow, purpose, and um, Hand in hand, right? So that our, our sanctuary growth and our production volume is um in line with our growth of sales and that yeah. we uh, support it. So sales and demand is a basic business principles.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah. So if you could leave our listeners with one message about either how they help you in your organization or how they get involved more generally, what would it be? Sure. Two points that
1: we absolutely are um, being of, And one would be to be a supporter of Purpose Jewelry. And that's a an, uh, pretty simple purchase on PurposeJewelry.org. And um, you can give the jewelry as a gift. Uh, you can wear it, wear freedom, wear, wear purpose. Um, or you can contribute financially to our 2020 vision and the InternationalSanctuary.org website. You can donate. And uh, your contributions will go to help us reach more girls and women. And we are so grateful for everyone, um, that would like to come alongside this effort.
0: Thank you. I'll tell you a lovely little story. My, um, uh, my, my assistant, uh, bought me a Christmas present this year and, uh, she's always very generous and lovely. And this year, um, she sent me, she'd been online. She'd lived in Australia. She'd been online. She'd bought iSanctuary jewelry and she'd sent it to me because she knew how important it was to me. And that was just so, unbelievably touching i was just blown away by the thought in that because she knew how special it was to me so yeah it's brilliant as a gift amazing (laughs) well wendy it's been an absolute pleasure you you know how i feel about all of the work that you guys do so thank you so much for being on this and sharing not just your vision for the organization but also some of your insights into your leadership and how you've made a difference i really appreciate it thank you
1: Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you for all you're doing to change the
0: world. Thank you so much, Wendy, for sharing your journey and sharing the story of iSanctuary too. It's an absolute inspiration to talk to people that truly get that the power of business is to transform lives. And if you're really interested in more about iSanctuary, you can go and check out their website, which is iSanctuary.org. And that tells you more about iSanctuary and how you can get involved. If you'd love to see their jewellery and maybe go and buy somebody a gift, go to PurposeJewelry.org and you can see all of the sorts of things that they they make. And you can maybe buy a piece to help economically empower a girl or a woman who has come out of human trafficking. This truly is jewellery that gives freedom. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Captivating Leadership Podcast with Rebecca Livesey. If you enjoyed this episode, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review as this helps us spread the message and keep the conversations going. If you'd like to find out more about Rebecca's work, go check out her website on AchieveLeadSucceed.com where you can sign up to receive her ebook on the five C's of feminine energy and a video of Rebecca talking about leadership and feminine energy. And we've also got a Facebook group where we talk about all things leadership and culture, particularly around masculine and feminine energy, and that's called Captivating Leadership. So you're very welcome to join us there too. See you soon.